0: Find your Bible and open to James chapter 3. We're studying James on Sunday mornings. I want to encourage you to grab a notebook and a pen, take notes as we study the text of Scripture. Today, in our study of James, we come to James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. James has been talking to us about how our faith produces good works, how genuine faith leads to godly behavior. And he's talked specifically in his entire book about the practical outworking of our faith in everyday life. And so today, from James chapter 3, he talks specifically about our speech, about the words that we say. And so today, from James 3, verses 1 through 12, I'm speaking on this subject, watch your mouth. Now, James is a very practical book, and in every section of his letter, he talks about the tongue, he talks about your speech. So in chapter one and verse 26, he says, "If anyone thinks he's religious but does not bridle his tongue, this person's religious religion is worthless." In chapter two and verse 12, he says that we ought to so speak and act as those who are judged under the law of liberty. In chapter four and verse 11, he says, "Don't speak evil against one another, brothers." And in chapter five and verse 12, he says, "Let your yes be yes, and your no." be no. The point, do you think James is trying to make a point? Here's what it is, that what you say reveals a lot about who you are. And so today from James chapter 3, here is his most extensive teaching on the tongue in the entire letter. James wants us to know that our lives will be affected by our faith and that will be seen in our speech. Let's dive in and begin reading James chapter 3 verse 1. We'll read to verse 12. James writes, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man able to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole body as well. Look at the ships also, though they're large and they're driven by strong winds, they're guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. For the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Remember this morning, the power is in the perfect Word of God. It's said that for an average person, you will speak about one-fifth of your life. You spend a fifth of your life talking. I would assume it's probably a little bit more for for preachers. That would mean that in the course of a day, you you say enough words to fill a a 50-page book. Over the course of a year, you say enough words to fill 132 books that would be roughly 400 pages in length. That's a lot of books and I wonder if any of them are really worth reading. I heard about a husband who read an article and then shared it with his wife. He found an article that said women speak about 30,000 words a day while men speak about 15,000 words a day. The woman then replied to her husband, that's because we have to repeat everything that we say to men. And then the husband turned to his wife and said, what'd you say? <laughs> How we speak reveals a lot about Who we are, you you know. When you go to the doctor for a checkup, one of the things he's going to want to do, he's going to ask you to stick out your tongue. Stick out your tongue, say ah. He's going to grab that tongue. He's going to look underneath it. He's going to look to the side. He's going to take a thermometer and he's going to place that thermometer under your tongue to take your temperature, which, by the way, is better than the alternative. And so, when he begins to gauge the health of your body by placing that temperature, uh, that thermometer under your tongue, he's getting a read on the entire body. The doctor is, is figuring out a lot just by placing a thermometer under your tongue. And James here, this spiritual doctor, says, by the way, uh, let's, let's examine your tongue. Let's take your spiritual temperature. I can tell a lot about your spiritual health by the way you use your tongue. And that's his point here in the entire passage is that our speech reveals a lot about who we are. So number one, as we look in the first eight verses James wants us to realize what you say reveals who you are. What you say reveals who you are. We see that in verses 1 through 8. In other words, your words reveal your true nature. Now, James begins in verse 1 by saying, Many of you ought not to be teachers because we'll be judged by a harsher strictness. A greater strictness. There's another standard. It's a level up. And it seems maybe at first not to fit, but it really does fit in the context of watching your words because those who speak or exercise authority. You can think of preachers, of teachers, of deacons, of life group leaders. How about moms and dads or, or grandparents or, or children's teachers? All of us will be judged by a greater standard, especially when it comes to the words that we say. We don't want to lead anyone astray. James goes on to say, we all stumble in many ways, especially when it comes to the tongue. And to that, we would say, amen. All of us have stumbled. All of us have said, said things we should not have said. We've said things that possibly we didn't mean to say, or at least say them in that way. We've all had a moment where we wish we could take the words back that we've spoken. He says, we all stumble in many ways. And then he, he gives us Four, he gives us six pictures, word pictures uh, in, in verses one through 12 that describe the power of the tongue. And these six pictures can, can kind of be broken down into four major categories. First of all, he tells us your words have the power to direct. We see this in, in verse three through the beginning of verse five. Your words have the power to direct. Notice what he talks about. He, he says there in the beginning, he says, we put a bit in the horse's mouth. That bit in the horse's mouth is going to direct the horse one way or another. What what about the rudder on a ship? Even though the ship is driven by strong winds and has a pilot, the rudder helps direct the ship where it ought to go. James's point is your tongue is small, but it's incredibly strong, and it has the capacity to direct you and to point you in a direction. In other words, your words really influence you. Warren Wearsby says it like this, the bit and the rudder have power to direct. That means they affect the lives of others. If a horse runs away unchecked or a, a ship is wrecked, it's a danger to, to passengers. It's a danger to pedestrians. And he says, the words that we speak affect the lives of others. Your words direct your steps. Not only that, but your words have the power to destroy. Not only do they direct, they have the power to destroy. And James here compares the tongue. This word picture is that of a a small flame that leads to a great fire, a spark that begins a blaze. He says, our words can start a fire. You know, fire destroys, fire spreads, fire consumes. Your words can do the very same thing, you know human beings cause over 90% of forest fires. Great fires that we see reported on in various places are are 90% of the time caused by human hands. Whether it's a a camper that carelessly puts out a fire and it's not completely out, or someone driving by and tossing out a cigarette on the side of the road. Human beings caused about 90% of forest fires. You know what James says here, How, how great a blaze. How great a forest is set ablaze by a little spark. Then he goes on to say, no human being can tame the tongue. When you light that fire, boy, it's, it's hard to put it out. That fire is easy to light with your words, but it can be very difficult to put it out. Then James tells us a third category, your words have the power to defile. We see this in, in verses 6 through 8. Your words have the power to defile. Verse 6 We see one of the strongest and harshest statements about the destructive nature of the tongue in the entire Bible. In fact, as I read this verse, I don't know of another verse that's more strong when it comes to the danger of the tongue. Look at what he says in verse 6. The tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. James doesn't mince any words he's not worried about hurting our feelings he wants us to know that we have to be careful when it comes to the words that we say because they have the the power to defile in other places he talks about it being like a like a poisonous snake your tongue can defile notice what the bible says in proverbs chapter 21 and verse 23 when it comes to the tongue whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble All of us ought to say amen to that. Your tongue has the power to destroy, to direct, to to defile. But I want you to know your tongue, your words, have the power to delight. Your, Your words can be used for evil, to tear down, but they can also be used for good, to build up. Your tongue can be used for godliness and righteousness. He says, With our tongue, we bless the Lord. We ought to do that. We ought to bless the Lord. And see, he he talks also, uh, uh, he gives us a a picture about about the spring, the spring that comes up that can be refreshing. I heard about a pastor who told a story about a lady who came to see him. This lady had, had been known in the church as one of the worst gossips. She came to the pastor and she said, Pastor, I'm coming to you because I want to get this right. I want to stop all the gossip, it's affecting me, it's hurting others, and I want to stop the gossip. And Pastor really didn't think she was sincere because she'd been there many times saying the very same thing. So he just replied, what do you want to do? She says, Pastor, I know what I need to do. I want to to lay my tongue on the altar. Pastor looked back at her and calmly said, there isn't an altar big enough. And then he let let her think about that for a moment. You know, the Bible tells us here that everyone makes mistakes, that we all stumble in many ways, that if we say we never stumble with our tongue, that we're absolutely perfect. And of course, there's no one that's perfect. We've all stumbled when it comes to the things that we say. James also wants us to realize that what we say reveals who we are, our true nature and our true character. Secondly, James tells us what you say reveals what you really think. What you say reveals what you really think. And for this, I want to zoom into verse 5 a little bit, and then also look at a picture that's provided in verse 11 and 12. James teaches us that our words will really reveal our thoughts, that what we say reveal, reveals what we think. Notice James says in verse 5, he says, the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. And so maybe there's been a moment in your life where you've said something or you've, you've spoken some words and maybe you say, well, I just slipped up. I don't even know where that came from. Can I tell you where it came from? It came from your mind and it came from your heart. If it comes out of your mouth, it's filtered through your mind and your heart. You say, no, 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 sometimes I've just slipped up and I've said something I didn't mean or I've said something that wasn't in my mind, it wasn't in my heart. Oh, yes, it, everything you say is filtered through your mind and your heart. The old preacher says it like this, what's in the well comes up in the bucket. What's in the well of your heart or your mind comes up in the bucket, it comes out of your mouth. He says the tongue is small, but it, but it boasts of big things. In other words, this, this small piece of you, man, it can cause some, some great problems. Your words reveal your thoughts. Your words reveal your heart. Now, some people say the tongue is the strongest muscle in the body. But you know, that's actually not true. Your tongue is is made up of eight different muscles, but it's not even the strongest muscle in the body. You know, pound for pound, your masseter, that's your jawbone, the muscle in your jaw. Pound for pound, that's the strongest muscle in your body. But you and I both know, the tongue's still pretty strong. The tongue has a lot of ability. It can build up or it can tear down. Did you know also, as I studied, the the tongue never gets tired. Some of you know that better than others. When you listen to people talk, the tongue never gets tired. James says this tongue can boast of great things as you speak. It reveals your heart and your mind. He, he then gives us a picture in verse 11 and 12 about a spring, how the tongue can be this refreshing spring, how the tongue reveals our, our thoughts and, and our heart. Look at what he says in verse 11 and 12. Does a spring pour forth the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Now, what's James saying? He's saying, how is it that that out of our mouths come blessing and cursing, that out of our mouths come, come words of praise for the Lord, but then cursing to others? Out of our mouths come righteousness, but then also ungodliness. And he's making a comparison. Can you get fresh water and salt water out of the same spring? No, you can't. Does a grapevine produce figs? No, it doesn't. Is there a pond that's both salt water and fresh water? No. And so here's what he's saying. The inconsistency of our words reveals the inconsistency of our heart. Why do we accept that both blessing and cursing come from our mouth? James is telling us that our words reveal the thoughts and intentions of our heart. We need to be incredibly careful. If your tongue is inconsistent, there's something wrong with your heart. Thirdly, James tells us what you say reveals who you really love. What you say reveals who you really are. It reveals what you really think, and it reveals who you really love. You know, if you love something, you're going to talk about it. If you love someone, you're going to talk about them. Your words reveal the affection of your heart. See, I've, I've known a lot of, uh, a lot of preachers. Maybe you've heard them too, man, they love to talk about themselves. Sadly, they use the words, I, me, my, mine, more than they use the words, Jesus, Bible, heaven, and salvation. Every story's about them, and they're somehow always the hero. Maybe you know people like that. They love themselves, and they always talk about themselves. Then There are other people that are really encouraging, and they want to encourage and lift up others, and they'll talk about others. Man, those people are a blessing to be around. And here, James tells us that your words reveal what's most important to you. Look at verse 9 and verse 10. With it, with our tongue, we bless our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. What, what's the point? Your words reveal what's most important to you. Your words reveal what's most significant in your life. There's some people who only talk about themselves. There's some people who use their words to encourage others. But then I'm going to tell you something. There's some people, when you talk to them, they're always worshiping, praising, and honoring the Lord. You know anybody like that? Every time you talk to them, you're encouraged because they encourage you in your faith. I think about somebody I know. I met him here at a local gym. His name is Mr. Reed. Every time you see Mr. Reed at the gym, he's going to encourage you, but he's going to say something like this. He's going to say, we can't be messing around now in this gym. Our body's a temple of the Lord. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us. We got to get going. We can't play around. When I talk to Mr. Reed, he'll say, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. He'll say things like, Jesus could return at any moment. I want him to find me working for him. Mr. Reed wants to encourage me, but what Mr. Reed does is always talks about Jesus. His words reveal the attitude of the heart. In the same way, our relationship with Jesus ought to be evident by the things that we say. Our words will reveal the true nature of our hearts. And so, as we conclude this morning, I want to take a moment and give you some words that ought to be part of your vocabulary on a regular basis. James gets real practical, and so I want to finish by being very practical here today and just give you a list of a few words that ought to be on your vocabulary on a regular basis. The first word is please. A simple but kind request, please. It doesn't take a lot of extra effort to be kind and cordial cordial to someone. Just put that in your vocabulary. When you make a request, when you ask someone for something, just make sure you ask politely. Second word is thank you. When's the last time you looked at someone in the eyes and you genuinely showed appreciation and affirmation and said thank you when they did something for you? Here's another word, probably three of the most important words in the English language, another phrase, I love you. Hey, I'm going tell you something. If you love somebody, you ought to make sure you take the time to tell them. If you have the chance, make sure you take the time to tell them I love you. And here's another one. It's a great phrase. I'm proud of you. Hey, parents especially, you ought to use those phrases, I love you, I'm proud of you as much as you possibly can. I can't tell you what it means to to receive that affirmation, to receive those words of appreciation. And I'm telling you, those are powerful words. I love you. I'm proud of you." you. When you put those words out there and you lay them on somebody you love, somebody you're proud of, man, these words build life. They build strength. They build appreciation and affirmation. Some words that might be a little bit more difficult to say. I'm sorry. We've all messed up. James even says here, we stumble in many ways. We've all stumbled. We've all fallen. We've all made mistakes. And so don't be so big that you can't say, I'm sorry. Here's one that's even more difficult than that. Maybe three of the most difficult words to say in the English language. I was wrong. Chances are, if you were wrong, they already know it. So being able to admit it, those are words that can help bring healing and life. Here's another one. We ought to use this one regularly. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. You ought to use that regularly for your your spouse, for your children, for your mom, for your dad, for your friends. These are real simple but very practical words so that we can focus our lives on building up with our words instead of tearing down. And so I have some very practical application for you today. I want you to build someone else up by your words. Grab your cell phone and send a text and say, I love you. Maybe you need to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Maybe you need to say, I'm, I'm proud of you. Maybe you need to say, I'm, I'm, I'm praying for you. Whatever it is you need to say to someone else, I want you to grab that phone And I want you to send a message here in the next 30 minutes or so. Just send a message and say, I want you to know I'm grateful for you. I love you. I thank God for you. Maybe the relationship needs to be restored. I'm sorry. I was wrong. I want us to be in a right relationship. You need to do that. Say what you need to say. Call or text somebody. Today, maybe you're recognizing there's never been a time in your life where you've repented of your sins and you've placed your faith and trust in Christ. And maybe for the first time, as we're studying the book of James together, and James is given this practical application of what genuine faith looks like, maybe as you line up your life with the Word, you realize, I don't have a relationship with God. I've not been transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And today, God is speaking to your heart. Do you hear the Lord speaking to your heart? Tune out all the other distractions. If God's speaking to you and you know you need a relationship with Jesus Christ, we'd love to talk to you about what that means. You can text the word RESPOND to 478-324-5402. Maybe today you need to trust Christ. You know, the Bible says that you can trust the Lord right where you are, right where you are today. You don't have to be in a church building. You can be there in your living room, on your back porch, around your kitchen table. You can be on vacation. You can be at home. It's not the words that we say in some magical prayer, but it's the attitude of our heart expressing genuine faith from, from a sincere and genuine heart. You can pray a prayer like this, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know that I need a Savior and I believe that Savior is Jesus. I repent of my sins and I place my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Come be the Lord of my life. I wanna follow you. If you prayed that prayer today and you meant it, we wanna connect with you. Just text the word RESPOND to the number on your screen, 478-324-5402. If you're here today and you need prayer, We'd love to pray for you. You can do the same thing. Text that word, respond. We'd love to pray for you, help you in your spiritual life. Also, we've had multiple people who want to be a part of our church, join our second family, and we're doing Zoom second life classes. Almost every Sunday, we've had people sign up or indicate their interest. And you can sign up for our second life class by texting respond to that that number on your screen. In the end, All of us need to respond to what we've heard today through the power of the Word of God. God is speaking. This is very practical. It challenges me. It ought to challenge you. We need to watch our mouths and make sure that we're honoring the Lord, building others up, and bringing God glory.